Welcome in, everybody, to the first episode of Dolphins Now, presented by VSG, where we'll talk preseason week one, box score, who's trending up, and who's falling off, and more. So take a seat, grab a drink, and let's talk ball. I'm Chris Audio, and I'll be your host this week, joined by the illustrious Garrido. How you doing today? What are your general thoughts on game one of the preseason? Hey, guys. So happy to be here in this long, long season, very early uh, times of the rest of the season. Here we are in preseason, as a lot of, you know, I would say the most majority of the majority of the population tend to not add too much weight to these games. But hey, we're here to dive into all these preseason games and give y'all our takes on what we see going forward. So I'll get started with that. Overall, the feeling I got from the Buccaneers and Dolphins were pretty much what I expected. Probably a little bit more scoring than I expected. I'll say that. Didn't expect, uh, what was the score on that, Crispy? 26-24, uh, to 26-24, Miami. 26-24, Miami. I, I honestly didn't think that we'd score 26. Psych. We have Skylar Thompson back there at the helm playing quarterback. And we knew, Crispy and I talked about this prior to the game starting, and we watched it together. We knew that Skylar was going to go into that game at, you know, hearing from what we heard at camp. I know personally I was, I was pretty hyped. I knew Skylar would be ready for the, you know, ready for the game. And I don't think he, uh, I don't think he proved me wrong on that. He definitely proved me right. He went out there, started slinging it around. And, uh, overall I saw a very relaxed team that was playing hard. I thought, uh, one thing I took away very early in that game was it seemed like everybody was running to the football at all times. Um, and I think that's a great observation that you can make in preseason week one, which is kind of shocking because, you know, we had Brian Flores last year who was very defensive minded, but I will say that overall, I felt that the team was kind of, you know, doing that a little bit better than I've seen in the past, especially since we're talking backups for the, you know, most of the roster. Uh, but yeah, kind of my first, uh, first raw takes from that game. I like the effort. That was a great game. Love Skyler in this. We'll talk about this more as the podcast goes on. Uh, but what do you got, Chris? What do you think? I think our defense looked as familiar as it has the last couple couple of years. Been aggressive. Yep. Josh Boyer. Everybody Josh Boyer is still out there, so it got some consistency yeah. there. So it it sounds like that that argument has been settled. It wasn't Flo that made that defense what it was. It was Josh Boyer. Um, not to say that Flo doesn't have a great defensive mind. He just wasn't a fully fledged coach like we had hoped. So, if we have nothing to add there, we'll go ahead and jump into the box score. All right, let's see it. What, uh, what, what we got? What we got for scoring, yards? What, what are we talking about here? All right. We have a final score of Dolphins 26, Tampa Bay 24, oh, oh, oh. winning off of a last-second field goal miss. <laughs> Man, that was something, right huh? Off that right upright. <laughs> the big, the- yeah, I've certain, I don't think that's their regular season uh, it's not. I believe they have uh, Ryan Suckup as their normal kicker, yes, yes, but this yes. guy had apparently had potential, and then he didn't know that. And it looked like he did. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, that was the only time that he had faltered that. Night. Yeah, he you know apparently he was nailing like sixty yards, sixty yard field goals prior to the game starting. He even nailed one earlier in that game for like what was it forty eight? I think he just drilled it. Um, yeah. Young kid, big Jose leg, Boragalas. Yeah, young kid, big leg uh, has some accuracy issues. And uh, he also got iced by, by McDaniel's there at the very end. Um, anyways, proceed. Sorry, Coach McDrip. Coach McDrip. Yes, love it. 
But uh, since we're on that subject, I'll just go ahead and pass out his stats. Jose Borregales, I believe that's how you say his name. He was one of two on field goals for the night, 50%. Long of 55. All three of his extra points were right down the middle for a total of six points. Now, we're not here for Tampa's stats. So, going into Miami. Passing the ball, Skylar Thompson, an efficient 20 for 28 for 218 yards. A touchdown, no interceptions. He got sacked three times for a loss of 25 yards and finished it with a rating of 106. Kind of surprising. Most uh, most passing yards for a QB in a preseason game for the Dolphins since 1991. Really? Yes, sir. Got wow. Thompson there. I didn't know that. Interesting little tidbits getting dropped on you. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of those. All right. Moving into rushing. Our leading rusher on the night. Believe it or not, Miles Gaskin. Man. Four carries for 27 yards. No touchdowns. Averaged 6.8 yards a the carry. gas man. But that's not to say that he was averaging that 6.8 every run. Because he had a long of 20 and only had 27 yards. Mm -hmm. So he had one for 20 and then three for seven. Just going to let that set in for a second. Yeah, not a great game, I would say, overall for our run offense. Um, I think just as a team, we we didn't run the ball too well. But I do remember the, the big run from Gaskin. He definitely... You, had to, you definitely know what you get with Gaskin, and I, I kind of went in knowing that, and I left, you know, being reminded of that, so. Yep, it, it really says something when your second-leading rusher on the team by two yards is your quarterback. <laughs> right. Skyler Thompson carried the ball three times for 25 yards. Yeah, it shows. Averaged 8.3 a carry. No touchdowns on the night on the ground. Had a run, a long run of 21 yards. Yeah, showed a lot of mobility back there. Um, he was nice in the pocket. Uh, very subtle movements in and out of the pocket and then showed some nice uh, movement mobility going outside the pocket and making some some guys miss. Uh, overall, I didn't think he was as, as athletic as he looked like, you know, that night. Uh, I saw some mm -hmm. relations to like Kirk Cousins, you know, in Skyler. Sure. Um, yeah. I see a lot of Kirk Cousins in him. However, I will say that his mobility definitely kind of surprised me. I didn't know that he had that in him. So it was really cool to see the mobility from Skyler especially in his first ever preseason action, because you know that guy doesn't run very much in practice. So it's, it's oh, cool no. to see uh, that he does have that mobility there. Um, I think it significantly adds value to him as a future second, uh, second quarterback on the depth chart. Yep, yep. Uh, filling out our rushing attack for the night, we had Jared Dokes, two carries for four yards. Not too great. How many looks for the young Savon guy? Savon Ahmed. What's that? So not many looks for the young guy. No, not many looks for the young guy. Uh, I don't know if there's a whole lot of hope for him to make the 53 come this year. Yeah. Uh, Savan Ahmed, two carries, no yards. Sony Michelle, two carries for negative two yards. And Zaquandre White. Guy had a lot of hype in training camp. And I just think he kind of got the worst of the attack there. It was a, an unsuccessful night on the ground for all of our backs. But he had one carry for a loss of five yards on the night. Yeah, kind of like what I said, you know, what I stated before 
you know, we went over the stats for all the running backs. It just wasn't a great night moving the ball. Um, Want to, you know, keep it in perspective, though. You're talking of probably a top three, if not the best run defense in the league. They're very, they're very oh, big. Definitely. Uh, in the trenches. Very, very stout. stout. Um, it's very difficult to move the ball against the Bucks. It's always been that way. That's their bread yep. and butter. So not shocking. But I hope to see a lot more production in the next couple of preseason games, especially in the run game, uh, since that is, you yep. know, what makes McDaniels' offense what it is. Yep. So the Dolphins rushing on the ground, a total of 14 carries for 49 yards. We actually averaged three and a half yards per carry on the night. So not a horrible mm-hmm. night, but definitely not where we want to be. In terms of receiving, leading the receiving core on the night, Lynn Bowden Jr., guy's adding a ton of value to his stock right now. <clears throat> He's out there for kick returns, punt returns. He can throw the ball as a quarterback. He's a running back. He's a wide receiver. The guy does everything on offense except for block people. But I'm sure that with the right training, he could do that. But anyway, Lynn Bowden Jr. on the night. Three receptions on four targets for 55 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, And if you go back and look at the film on that touchdown, that was a nasty stop-and-go route. Yes, yeah. You know, he made a, a nice double move. Um, you know, he, he cut in slightly, or cut out slightly, and then, and then kicked it up the field and literally was wide open. When I first saw the play, I thought maybe someone had blown a coverage, but no, that was all LBJ. Great route. And uh, he got yeah. rewarded for a great route, so super happy for him, especially coming back from missing a year for some apparent injury that didn't quite make sense. Nonetheless, uh, happy for LBJ. Great, great first game for him in preseason action to start. And we are not speaking of Lyndon B. Johnson. No, just did not get clear. that confused, yeah. Not getting into previous presidents. Anyway, moving on to Mohamed Sanu, our second best receiver on the night. Three receptions on three targets for 39 yards, no touchdowns, a long of 26. Looked decent. He really did. He looked decent. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, he looked decent. Didn't look, uh, didn't look too slow to be, you know, Mohamed Sanu. He's, getting, he's obviously the older, oldest receiver that we have on the roster currently. Definitely did not look old. He looked, he looked quick. He's making good cuts. He caught everything. It's going to be tricky getting down, getting down to cuts with this wide receiver room. I think Sanu's a very interesting part of that equation. We'll get more into that later. Yeah, 33 years old. He did not look any part of 33. No, not at all. Moving down the list, we have Trent Sherfield. One reception for 33 yards on one target. So whether you want to put that up to him not getting open, not having enough separation, or just getting lost in the field, lost in the piles. Yeah. He looked decent. Yeah. Again, again. Yeah, he looked decent. quick. He, he looked quick. He looked decent to me. I personally do like Sherfield. I think that he has a spot here if he, if he continues to ball out for the next two games. Very athletic receiver. I don't think I saw him on the field too much in the second half, so I think that may be part of why we didn't see too much action from him. but. Nonetheless, I agree. I agree. Moving into some other names on this list, we're not going to spend too much time on them just because they did not produce quite as much as the first few guys. 
We get into guys like Cedric Wilson Jr., three receptions on three targets, had 29 yards. Tanner Connor, a guy to watch, stand out in camp. You know, we'll have a little segment on him later to come. But another guy to watch. Three receptions for 25 yards on three targets. Looked good. He's got wheels. Eric Ezukamna. I think that's how you say his name. Two receptions for 18 yards on three targets. I was surprised to see Mike Gesicki out there. Mike Gesicki, one reception for 13 yards on one target. I have lots to unload about Mike Gesicki, but I'll tell you why he was out there. He is a fantastic receiving tight end. However, he's not a blocking tight end. And I think Coach McDaniels wants him out there in real live action to get some some runtime in preseason to block. And uh, I think that's why he was out there as far as a, a coach's perspective. And so what better way to learn how to block than in preseason where it doesn't impact your team as much. So I agree. Uh, moving further down the list, we have Sony Michelle. One reception for four yards on one target. Nothing huge. Jared Dokes, one for one. Uh, Savan Ahmed, two for one. Seathan Carter, zero for zero on a target. River Craycraft, zero for zero on two targets. And Braylon Sanders, another guy that was really hyped up in camp. Zero receptions, zero yards on two targets. So overall, our receiving room, receiving depth, because we didn't have our top two guys out there, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and we still looked like we had, you know, a similar receiving core to last year in preseason. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. But, you know, I think part of it is still to be seen uh, in, the, in the next couple of games. I think we'll get no Cedric Wilson out there. I don't think there's even really a reason to play him. I think that you're going to see Braylon Sanders get a lot more time along with the rookie. I refuse to say his name wrong, so I'm just going to call him the rookie. Eric. Eric. Easy E. Easy E, yeah. Easy E. I think, I think you'll see a lot more of them uh, in Sherfield in the next game, um, but we'll see. We'll see how the wide receivers do. I, I think that the wide receivers are actually... I think our wide receiver room is really, really good, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how that all pans out. I agree. I agree. Moving on from receivers, we'll move into fumbles. We did have some fumbles, but we didn't necessarily have any fumbles. Right. Except we did record one. I don't remember seeing this one, though. I don't remember seeing Devontae Dedman fumble the wall. I must have missed it. I'll have to go back and look. Uh, but it shows here Devontae Dedman with one fumble on the night. I don't remember that. Uh, Sam Eguavon. No fumbles, none lost, but he did recover a fumble, as well as Cameron Good recovered a fumble. Sam McWavon actually recovered that fumble and took it back for six. Made a house call. Oh, yeah, right before halftime. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is it? Two touchdowns in 19 seconds. That's crazy. Or was it 29 seconds? It's 29. I don't know. Who's counting? 10-second different. Who's, who's counting? Yeah. <clears throat> Moving in to look at our defense. Defense looked decent. Looked decent. We had uh, leading the team in total tackles. We had D'Angelo Ross, eight total tackles, seven solo tackles, no, tack no sacks, no tackles for loss. 
Verone McKinley III, Cameron Good, and Quincy Wilson all tied for second place in total tackles with six. And Benito Jones, Duke Riley, and Ben Still. Ben Still is a guy whose name I had not heard until last night. I'm telling you right now, I think Ben Still is going to earn him a spot on this con- on this uh, team. I saw him literally just steamroll <laughs> two offensive linemen to break through the line the other night. He kind of looks like Zach Sealer to me. Yeah. Very similar play style, very similar body and shape. Like, let me tell you, they, Ben still is a name I think we're going to continue to hear. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of pans out, but I'm with you. I didn't, I didn't know of him prior to this game either. I agree on that. But anyway, Benito Jones, Duke Riley, and Ben still tied for third in total tackles with five. Leading the team in tackles for loss, we have Benito Jones had one. Trill Williams had one. Unfortunately, it was him tearing his ACL. That is some, some terrible news. You never want to hear that for an athlete, especially not in the preseason. And it was confirmed uh, today that Trill Williams is placed on IR, so he will miss the rest of the year. You know, with you on that, Prayers up for Trill Williams. Uh, absolutely. Man. Get better soon. You know, get, get yourself back out there and just start working. I mean, there's no, no time too early to get back out there. You know, just make sure you keep yourself healthy. Uh, anyway, yeah, Trill Williams, that big tackle for loss. Just a, a, a great play, great player. You hate to see that for somebody like that. DeAndre Johnson had a tackle for loss. And that rounds out the team. We had three total tackles for loss. We had two sacks on the night. Owen Carney and DeAndre Johnson, both with a half a sack. And Darius Hodge with a sack. Darius Hodge is actually the guy that forced a fumble. Egwafon picked it up and took it back to the house. So keep your eyes on Darius Hodge. He looks like he's carving himself a nice little spot on the roster. Moving into interceptions, we have Elijah Campbell. He did get a pick. That took some crazy, crazy focus. Yeah, it was like in his legs, bouncing around all over the yeah. place, and then ended up with it somehow. I don't know how, how Tampa's receiver there did not secure the ball properly. I don't know. feel bad for Went down to the ground with the ball and just didn't have full, full hold on the ball, I guess. I don't know. Right, yeah. I also feel poor Kyle Trask. Gets to add that interception throw oh. on his on his stats for the night, which overall I feel like he had a pretty yeah. good night. Uh, that definitely was not. He his really fault, did, but he really did. He had a, he had almost as good of a night as Skylar Thompson yeah, did. Two good young QBs. Great he game. threw the ball quite a bit more. Um, actually, not not that not that much more. Uh, but he did come in to relieve Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert went in and played a full series. Uh. In terms of kick returning, Lynn Bowden Jr. really carving himself out a nice little spot. <clears throat> returned one one punt or one kick, sorry. Returned one kick for 26 yards and also returned a punt for 18 yards. Looked real good out there doing it. The one guy that really caught me by surprise out there returning punts was Preston Williams. Preston went out and returned two punts for 13 yards. Not too great. The one time I actually saw him do it, 
I didn't catch the first time. I did catch the second. It kind of looked like he just caught the ball and stepped out of bounds. No big deal. It didn't look like he cared too much. Uh, but that could be me just reading too much into it. Who knows? But I'd like to see a little more from those two guys next preseason game. Jason Sanders, perfect on the day. Four for four on field goals, a long of 53, and hit both of his extra points, scoring a total of 14 of our 26 points. Dude's a monster. He's back. And he's back. He's back. The Sandman has returned. Punting, we did not see our stud of a punter out there in Thomas Morstead. But we did get to see a young draft pick in Sterling Hoffrichter, or Hoffrichter, however you want to say his name. Punted four times, amounting to 174 total yards. Had no touchbacks and had three of them land within the 20. Pretty good for a backup punter, if you ask me. So that rounds out our box score. And I think at this point, we'll, uh, we'll kind of decide uh, who we think should be named as an MVP for this game. Most valuable player. Gee, who do you think that would be? Hey, let's not complicate this. Okay. Most valuable player going into this game is a mo- that I thought was going to be who I watched. Ended up exceeding my expectations in this one. Efficient. Accurate. He threw with ease, showed mobility, made some big plays, converted some third downs. I got to go, Skylar Thompson. I mean, come on now. What are, who are we kidding here? This guy's over here as our was it, a seventh round pick, sixth round pick. Sixth, yeah. I said seventh round. Seventh, uh, I think he's Se- seventh. Yeah, seventh yeah. round pick, QB. Came into his very first preseason game. This guy looks like he's been playing in the NFL. Now, granted, keep in mind, he's a year older than Tua. So he does actually have a sense of maturity that he plays with that probably is helping him a lot and, and help, help, is helping him learn a little bit faster. But man, come on. You couldn't have scripted a better game for Skyler to come in, get a W, and again, showed all the attributes that you look for, not in a backup. These are the things you look for in a starter. This guy could start in this league. I promise you in the future, he will probably end up being a starter for someone. And I think this was just a very small sample size of what we have in Skylar Thompson. Thought he played phenomenal. That's my MVP. I like where you're coming from there. And I do think Skylar had a great game, but I'm not going to name Skylar my game MVP. I'm stuck between two players on the night. I'm stuck between LBJ, Lynn Bowden Jr. He was our highest graded player overall on the night. He looked great out there. I mean, he, he looked like he was back to the way he was before his stint on IR. And he's grown to have such a great relationship with Tua. I, I'm so excited to see what he can do this year, and I hope. Hope to God that he is able to make the roster. But I'm stuck between him, and this might surprise you, I'm stuck between him and Austin Jackson. Austin Jackson went out there and surprised a lot of people. Hey, 
Austin Jackson was out there. He was only on the field for eight pass-blocking snaps. But across those eight pass-blocking snaps, he didn't allow a single pressure. And he ended up, I think, with a 75 overall grade. Much better than he's ever done. And when you look at something like that, that kind of improvement, I think it's hard to overlook. But with that being said, I need to see more consistency out of Austin Jackson before I decide to give him something as as high praise as the MVP for the game, even if it's just preseason. So I think I'm going to name Lynn Bowden Jr. my game MVP for preseason week one. There you go, gentlemen. Lynn Bowden Jr., LBJ, not Lyndon B. Johnson. Lynn Bowden Jr., however, along with Skylar Thompson as our takes on our MVPs for week one of the preseason. I think both of them play phenomenal. I don't think that anybody would be mad at either one of those choices. But, you know, speaking of phenomenal, it's a fantastic segue because I wanted to take a second to acknowledge a couple of things. Crispy earlier said during the box score, that Sandman perfection. Jason Sanders, the bad man over there. He's back. Phenomenal game. He made every single kick look like it was so easy. You know what I mean? It, it, was, it was amazing. But that is who we know Jason Sanders is. He had an off year last year. Everyone's a little concerned. He got the big payday. Got the big contract. All of a sudden... Has a kind of a kind of a regression, you know, an regression in his stats for last year. If you could, say if you that. could say that, still great, but not as spectacular as he was the year before last. And this guy comes in here and nails four field goals and a couple of extra points and does it like it's nothing. A couple of them from fifty. Yeah, from fifty. I mean, we know what Jason Sanders is all about, but you know, I don't think it was ever Jason Sanders. I, you know, I'm gonna go after a gentleman named Mike Pilardi. Matt Pilardi? Was it Mike or Matt? I think it was Michael. Michael Pilardi. Michael Pilardi. I'm calling him Mike. Michael Pilardi. Mike, Mike Pilardi. He was our punter for last year, and I don't know... Mickey. I don't know how... I'm calling him Mickey. Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse Pilardi. Look, <laughs> this guy holds every single... Every single hold for the kicker is by the punter. And, and Michael... Mickey Mouse Polardi is the one who held it for Jason Sanders. And I'm, I, am, I am coming out here very aggressively and saying that even though we did not see Mr. Thomas Morris said punt the ball, you know what we did see him do, Crispy? We did see him hold. We saw him hold the ball. the ball. A savvy veteran who's been doing it for so long. Hey, there's a lot of moving components in kicking a football through the uprights in high-pressured situations. The last thing a kicker needs to worry about is the holder. The holder sets the tempo, does the snap. The holder is the quarterback in a field goal kick. Just let that marinate for a second. Thomas Morissette's holding the ball for Jason Sanders, and all of a sudden he's back. I think Jason Sanders is going to have a spectacular year, especially since we'll be moving the ball all the time. So It's going to be all extra points. <laughs> right, yeah. No field goals, all extra no points. Field goals. Yeah, all extra points, just flawless. Extra points the whole year. <laughs> Anyways. He's going to set the Miami Dolphins single season point record. <laughs> right, right. Off just extra points. Yes. Um, another segue from Michael Mickey, Mickey Mouse Pilardi. Michael Mickey Mouse Pilardi. I, like I got that. some bad news, Crispy. 
I, I'm gonna I'm gonna need I'm gonna need somebody to uh you know Mike McDaniel said check your pulse. Well I may be flatlining. Yeah. Oh you know it is flatlining flatlining. <laughs> not not me personally, but uh <laughs> no no oh, no Noah Igbenogany, man. <laughs> that boy burnt toast. Burnt toast. Oh god. Man, I I believe that Noah Igbenogany is one of the hardest working players. On the defense, I think that he, I think he does everything he needs to do. This is an Alabama quarterback who used to shut down Jerry Judy. Wait, sorry, no. Gonna have to edit that out. He's out of. Auburn. He's an Auburn cornerback who shut down Jerry Judy at Alabama and was the only guy who could shut that guy down. I believe Devontae Smith actually came out when he was asked about. Um, who the hardest corner was to go against in college. And he said, oh, that, that dude, Noah, out of, uh, out of Auburn. I, I, so Noah got some decent love there I just during his college days. I don't understand the disconnect from college to, the, to professional. However, you know, the, the speed of the game is a different animal in the NFL than in college. You're not playing with... Uh, college kids anymore you're playing with grown-ass men that have no problem right and and murdering you on in the reality you know you may get three to four qbs in a great qb draft right you may get some spectacular you know when tua was drafted that year with joe burrow and all those guys like you have that is going to end up being one of the loaded classes in 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 history right one of the most loaded classes for quarterbacks in nfl history when all things are said and done 20 years from Absolutely. now. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely the next phase of quarterbacks for years to come. However, my point being is that being Noah Igbenogany, you don't face against a lot of crazy, talented quarterbacks in college. I mean, yes, you will play against one in Alabama every year, and you'll play another one in some other colleges. We won't get into all that. But it's just not been there for Iggy. Um, I, I, I wish it was. But... I, I am over here, and I'm to the point where I'm 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 probably axing the Noah Igbenogany experience. I just have seen too much in a very negative way. For no, he he looked lost. He looked slow. He looked like he was on a latency of three seconds every time he was covering somebody. Yeah, uh, I heard from McDaniel's in his press conference, or I believe it was the next day. He told Noah to go out there and just react. He said, play loose, yeah. approach the game, just relax, trust, what, trust you see. what you see. And, you know, he allowed the first, as far as I can see, he, he allowed one of the very first touchdowns of the game and Noah was there. And really any time something bad happened on offense, I happen to see number nine strolling around. Um, and it's just, it's unfortunate, but I think his time's come uh, in we will talk about this a little bit more later, but no, adding Alexander McKenzie today for some depth. I mean, he's automatically, you know, the Dolphins are automatically adding a, a backup corner who can outplay Noah Igbenogany. And it's, it's not a good yeah. thing, but that's the reality of it. I'm personally off the, off the Iggy, the Iggy train. Uh, I'm ready to uh, cut ties there and, and move on. I really believe Igbenogany is a liability for the Dolphins. I, I see where you're coming from there. And, and as much as I want to agree, as close as I am to jumping off the ledge, there's something there that just keeps bringing just you back keeps in me from jumping. <laughs> it just keeps reeling me back yeah. in, and it's his age. Right, I'm, the dude is so young. I think he's 22 this year. 
He's just so dang young. And I just, I, every year I look at how old he is. And it never clicks. It never clicks that this dude was drafted at 19. This dude was drafted so damn young. And so raw. He should not have been drafted in the first round. We can, we can very much so say that. It's going to be interesting to see where he ends up this year. I think that the Dolphins are so thin at cornerback that I think they, I think Noah could possibly keep his job simply because Trua Williams went down. I yeah. think that Noah Igbenogany was a, a, it was an almost, it was pretty much an almost perfect trade candidate before the season started. And when Trill went down, who was probably coming for his job, I think that bought Noah maybe one more year. I had Noah as a, as a trade, as someone who could get traded prior to the year beginning. Now that Trill's down, I don't think it's going to happen. So let's hope the young buck at 22, look, he's three years in the league. He's got the build of an absolute perfect prospect at cornerback. Please, for the love of God, Noah, if you're listening to this, get your shit together. I want to see you do good, man. Go out there and ball. That's all I can say. I think you've got this year, and then you've got offseason next, this coming offseason. That's, that's what you've got. You know, if, if we see no changes, I, I don't think you're going to survive longer than that. And that's not to say that other teams won't pick you up and give you another shot. But at that point, you will have spent a significant amount of time in one defensive system. With that being said, it could be our defensive system that's just not clicking for them. It could just be such a different system from what they did at Auburn that, who knows? Maybe this is just not meant for him. It's not a defense that's suited for his play style. Maybe he needs to go somewhere else where he can where he can be better set up to succeed in the type of player that he is. And I hope that if that's the case, he goes there and he balls. Just not against the Dolphins. So, yes, Noah Ignogany, uh, just a reminder, 30th overall pick, so late first round pick of the 2020 NFL Draft. This is him going into year three. Is that right? Or year four? Year three. Going into year going, three. Drafted with two. That's right. Going into year three. Look, I'm down on Noah right now, but like I said before, I think he got a year's worth of time. Let's see how he he controls the outcome here. Let's see how he handles this situation. He's up against the wall right now. He's got two preseason games to show what he's got. All it takes is one big play to get the young kid's confidence up. So let's hope that that happens. On a much brighter note, I know you... Lynn Bowden Jr. I, I know he's your MVP. So Lynn Bowden Jr., this yeah. guy. Hey, he's, he he's good. has been one of my absolute favorite players since we picked him up from the Raiders. And it, looking at the Raiders, I mean, hasn't it just seemed like everybody that goes to the Raiders and ends up good leaves for some reason or another? And it's usually bad blood. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a little bit of a mess. I mean, you there. look at you look at Henry Ruggs. That dude's on house arrest now because he ended up killing somebody driving under the influence. Right? Look at all the guys over there. And I'm not saying that it's a stigma around the Raiders that they're just bad guys. 
right? Because you look at somebody like Max Crosby. It's Max Crosby, right? The guy that kind of got over addiction. Yep, that's him. Yeah, great story. That guy's got a great story behind him. If you don't know that story, go look it up. By all means. That is something that everybody needs to know. That is a great story <clears throat> for somebody as high profile as him to struggle, 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 and have all kinds of addiction issues, and all of a sudden just decide, you know what, I'm going to turn my life around. And then turns his life around, turns his game around, and goes out and dominates. Dominates that line of scrimmage. You know, going back to LBJ, Lyndon B. Johnson. <laughs> uh, why is that our running joke? Nah, it's a bad one, but it's, it's going to live one, for the rest of this gonna podcast. Keep, it's going to live, yeah. <laughs> it's going to live on. Uh, Lyndon, Lyndon, man, he is just, he has burst onto the scene. He has so many positions that he can be useful in, right? He's played quarterback. He's played wide receiver. He's played running back. He's now returning punts. He's returning kicks. He's accepting every role that McDrip has given him. <clears throat> and I think that that alone is going to secure him a roster spot. Even if that means, you know, he's... He can be put at uh, wide receiver. He could be put at running back. Or he could just be put as a special teams player. Wherever he fits. It doesn't mean you have to play him there. Right? Just got to keep him on the roster. I'm excited to see what LBJ will do this season. And I think he's going to play a much larger part than some people do. I think, I think quite honestly, he could, re he could be up there as our number four wide receiver. He could even beat Cedric Wilson out. You never know. Because he just has that connection with Tua, having worked with him over the last two off-seasons. So I'll keep that one nice and nice, short and sweet. And uh, we'll move into somebody that you're really high on, Tanner Connor. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know I was high on him until I watched this game and this guy was running all over the field. He recorded one of the fastest speeds according to next-gen stats. I don't remember how much. It was like 20 miles an hour or something like that for a tight end. And I'm just like, what? This guy, Tanner Connor, yeah. coming over here running that fast. Now, look, I don't, I, I, I knew nothing about Tanner Connor before. I, I obviously had heard him about him in training camp. I was like, who's this Tanner Connor kid? So, what do you do when you hear about a player? You start, you know, looking up some information. Tanner Connor, listed as a wide receiver from Idaho State, listed at 6'3", 226. A prospect, uh, pros, prospect grade of 5.69 coming out of college. It's a challenging word. Yeah, it was difficult. It took me a second to get that out. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, basically coming out of college, he, it is shown that he had a nice blend of size. He has strength and speed. He was a hurdle champ with a 39-inch vertical and a 10-foot-7 broad jump. He constantly overmatched opponents with his, with his uh, skill set as far as his speed and overall jumping ability. Uh, he often showed and displayed his strength and toughness through catching contested catches. And look, let's be real. This guy came in not being known to many. And I thought he had, yeah, I thought he made 
pretty much any time he was involved with the play, he was making a play. I mean, come on. It's not, where's Hunter Long? Hunter who? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is, it's a little alarming. Um, according to our, uh, according to our, uh, our depth chart, we have Hunter Long. According to Sauce. Yeah. We have, we have Mike Jasicki, Durham Smythe, Hunter Long, Keith and Carter, and then Tanner Connor. But man, I tell you what, if Tanner Connor plays the way that he did against the Buccaneers in these next two games, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. I don't know if he's a long shot to make this team, you know, but hey, McDonald's, McDonald's, <laughs> McDaniels, McDonald's, bro. <laughs> I love, love, Sick. love, 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 McDaniels has a very, very run heavy offense with a lot of tight end, double tight end packages. And I'm just saying there's one guy on our tight end, on these tight ends, this tight end sheet I'm looking at. There's one guy who, uh, who hasn't blocked his whole career. And then you have people like Durham Smythe and Al Tanner Connor who can. Just saying. Keep an eye out for Tanner Connor going forward. I'm interested to see how he fares in the next couple of games. And if he makes this team. But so far, so good for uh, Tanner Connor. Gotta find a nickname for him. Oh, shit. Uh, Terminator. John Connor. <laughs> He's John, John Connor. Connor. John Terminator Connor. himself. <laughs> Speaking of Terminators, and man, I'm just I'm on top of the segues today, Crispy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is fantastic. Can we talk about the McDrip presser? McDrippy. Man, I love clean. McDrippy. Doesn't he like own the sidelines, by the way, when you see McDaniels walk? <laughs> Dude. The tweet. You saw the, the video. gift that you sent me. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I had seen that earlier, yeah. but I just, it didn't really click what had happened there. <laughs> and then you sent me that, and I was like, wait a minute. He just saw that guy running full speed at him towards the sideline and was just like, I'm going to stare at him. And he's going to run away from him. And he did. And sure enough, that dude ran. McDaniels is such... The opposite direction. He's such a presence on the sideline. Something about seeing him (laughs) on the sideline, it just... It's exciting. It just... I feel... I feel like he has a presence. And that... If y'all haven't seen it and you're listening to this, just go to Twitter and go find the most recent video of McDaniels on the sideline and you'll see what we're talking about. Great. great, Great video. Some playful intimidation there off the sideline. But, um, you know, this, I heard something interesting come from McDaniel there during his presser. And this might be something that was just common knowledge to some of you. This might be, like me, something that you had never really thought about. It seems obvious. It seems like it's right in your face and it's something that everybody should know. It seems like common sense. Not so common these days. But, McDaniel said something along the lines of going, going and working with uh, Sage Rosenfels in Houston. And, and he remembers Sage telling him at one point how different it is preparing as a starter versus preparing as a backup. And then the whole scenario during game day Going in as a starter versus going in as a backup. Going in as relief. And I had just never thought about how different it can feel. 
being a starter and going out on the field as a starter versus going out on the field as somebody to back up, to just be there in case something happens. There's not as much responsibility there. Not to say there isn't any, but there's not as much. And to me, that just struck me as something that I had never put two and two together. So, again, I don't know if that is something new to y'all. It might have been common sense, and it might just be me. But I figured it was worth it to point that out, as maybe some of you guys didn't know that. Yeah, definitely, definitely I'm with you. I, I love the mentality and his mindset towards that, and it's very true. They are completely different jobs. I like it. Hey, I think I think I think anytime McDrip is at the podium, you're going to hear something that's refreshing and is new. That is a little outside the box, especially compared to our last head coach. So I'm yeah, a fan of the guy. That I'm a fan of the pressers said 1500 words to say nothing. Yeah, we will get into that. But uh, no, I love it. I love it. Love the quote. Yeah. Moving into our inactives for this game, this is what they call not expected to play, which may as well have been our inactives list. They were all on the sideline, no pads, just jerseys, headsets for Tua. Um, so our inactives list were not expected to play. Quarterback Tua Tungavailoa, running back Chase Edmonds, linebacker Melvin Ingram, safety Javon Holland, Wide receivers Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Corner, Xavier Howard. Fullback, Alec Ingold. Running back, Raheem Mostert. Linebackers, Landon Roberts and Jerome Baker. Offensive lineman, Connor Williams and Tarana Armstead. Tight end, Adam Shaheen. Defensive end, Emmanuel Ogba. And defensive tackles, Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins. I've seen a couple of different takes on this. Uh, I've seen people say these are our cemented starters. I've also seen some of these guys, some people say, these are guys that have just done well recently in practice. And McDaniel thinks there's no reason to play them because he knows what he has. Right? And they haven't struggled. So there's no point in putting them out there and risking injury. Trill Williams. Don't think he should have been out there. But... That is our inactives list. That's who did not play preseason week one. Using that information, let's give our predictions for who plays and who does not play. And if they are playing, how much do they play preseason week two? Uh, week two, I have, I have the same inactive list. Um, I'm not going to change it much. The reason why is because the second preseason game, we're, we're, you know, I think as a as a team, it's not worth really risking anything. You know, you're bringing in, you know, you'll have Mackenzie Alexander for that game, so you'll get to see him play. I think there's still a lot of reps that we missed on um, because of our lack of a running game for the running back group. And I think the same for the receiving group. I don't think that any of the guys here, we need to go see them on the field. That's my take on it. I'm looking through this list. The only one that I would like to see, and Crispy, I asked you about this player prior to our podcast is Connor Williams. And the reason why I bring him up is because he's had snapping issues in practice all throughout camp. He's been snapping high, snapping low. 
I think that it's good for him to get mental reps. He didn't play center last year or the year before that in, in Dallas. Uh, no, he had, to this point, he's only ever practiced at center. Yes. He's played a couple of preseason right. games for Dallas at center. But that's yeah. it. I think he needs mental reps as center. Uh, the only the only thing I could, if if I had to say, well, the reason why he's not playing is because Tua's not playing. But as far as I'm concerned, you, you sure. don't need Tua to get mental reps on how to snap the ball. So, no, you know, I, I would like to see Connor Williams out there. If I had to pick one off this list, I would I would take Connor Williams out of the inactive list and put him in. Do I yeah. think that they will do that? <clears throat> Probably not, because we don't want him to get hurt. So I, I, I don't know if that'll happen. Uh, we'll get to week three and, and we'll kind of see that I may have a different opinion come week three. As far as week two, I don't really see anyone. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm reviewing it just a third time to be sure. I just don't see anybody that is going to play. And I think that possibly Cedric Wilson will not play in the next game. Yeah. That's that's the only one that I'd probably probably add to the inactive list just because I think we already know what Cedric Wilson is. I don't think we need more preseason time preseason time for him. So No, I agree. Um I think if I was gonna add somebody to the inactives list, I'd add Robert Hunt. I don't think we need to see Robert Hunt. We know what he is. He's a good blocker. That's all we need to know. He's been our best offensive lineman across the board these last two seasons, even with horrific coaching. And the last thing we need is someone prevalent as a starter on our offensive line going down with some kind of injury because of a preseason game. So if I was going to add somebody, it'd be Robert Hunt. Um, again, I believe, you know, I, I agree with you on the Cedric Wilson take. I think he should be inactive as well. Um, <clears throat> going back to Iggy, I'd like to see Iggy on an island. Whether he plays good, plays bad, I don't care. I want to see him on an island. He needs to play every snap for the whole game. Yeah, that dude needs as much experience and play time as he can get. <clears throat> I want to see what he's made of. Uh, looking forward, <clears throat> I, I don't think anybody needs to come off of the inactives list. It might be nice to see Connor Williams, like you said. Uh, the you could bring up that Tua tongue of a low art argument of you know we're not seeing Connor because we're not seeing Tua, but the only difference there is the actual cadence. You know, not not the fundamentals of snapping a ball, keeping your head up, and then right after you snap the ball, you get to get your hands up to block this guy coming at you, and it's usually a big ass defensive tackle, mm -hmm. big dudes, right? You don't need a specific quarterback behind you to be able to do that. Right. And in, in a typically in a Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan type offense, your center is the smartest dude on the field. He's making a lot of calls. He's very cerebral at that position. And that's what they that's what I think he values at that position. Connor Williams is a very smart guy. He's just got to get timing down. He's got to get the muscle memory down. And with that comes reps. He's got to have the reps to be able to do that. So, with that being said, <clears throat> looking at our inactives, who we would add, who we'd take off, we'll take a segue there from our inactive roster 
in our active roster to roster cuts. We are currently at 90 players, not including Trill Williams getting moved to IR. If you include Trill Williams moving to IR, that drops us down to 89 players. That's correct. We did add defensive tackle Niall Scott today as well. Oh, all right. Let's see if we've uh, we've got an updated roster here. Yeah, it's just so we shows can see. that we, we we signed Mackenzie Alexander this morning and also defensive Niall Scott while placing Troy Williams on injured reserve. Niall Scott. How do you spell his name? N I L E S. Oh, I see him yep. now. Niall Scott. Mm-hmm. Dude, just got signed today, 27 years old, making 108, oh God, $825,000. Whew, man, the things I'd do for 800 grand. <laughs> right? Yeah, you and me both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll get knocked out by Jake Paul for that much money. <clears throat> oh, yeah, easily. Speaking of Jake Paul, uh, he was hanging out with uh, Tyree Kill and Tua today for... Uh, Tyree Kill's new store grand opening, which is pretty awesome. And he's also mm. on Tyree Kill Tyree Kill's podcast. It has to be said. It needed to be said, sorry. Sorry. Oh, so he's he's that final He, big he was the uh he was the last guest, he was he? the last guest, yeah. A little little side no, tip. I hadn't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the spoiler. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh but looking at our roster, we are at ninety players now <clears throat> with those two additions. We're at 90 players, including Trill Williams being moved off of the roster and onto IR. So that being said, we need to pick five players. We don't have to pick the same five players. Mm-hmm. We need to pick five players to be cut before August 16th. We're recording this late August 15th, so uh, we'll know very soon whether we were accurate or not. So... I'll go ahead and, and go first on this one. Uh, so on the next, so going from, from 90 to 85, I, I do have five players that I think I can, I don't know if they'll be cut this, you know, in, in this order, but I, I, I can tell you that pretty confident in my selections here. So the first that I have may, may be a little surprising to some, but I do have, I do have John Lovett. Not making the team. I believe that mm. Keithan Carter will actually move to fullback. Seathan. My apologies. And I, I, I don't know why the, it has him listed as a tight end. I believe he is listed as a fullback. So I believe Seathan Carter will move over to fullback for John Levitt. And I believe that John Levitt will not make this team. I haven't really seen him. I haven't really heard of him, his name. I know he came from, uh, I believe he came from. Green Bay. Yeah, he played at Green Bay yes, last Green year. Bay. Actually, the year before that, he played at Green Bay. I don't think he... I, th- I think in 2021, he didn't play. I have heard some deep shots in training camp. So... He caught some deep passes in training camp. Well, I know camp. this is that I saw Seathan Carter play quite a bit at fullback. I think McDaniels may, yeah. may see something there. As, uh, you know, Seathan Carter is a, is a very big dude. I think that he can block... I think he will slide over to fullback. I have I have John Levitt as one of my one of my cuts. Please Did John play last night? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe you can take a look at that while I get to my next one. We'll circle yeah. back. Um, 
Uh, I don't like this one. And I think that he'll land on the practice squad, but he will be unprotected. So he could go somewhere else, but there aren't a lot of teams that are running back heavy right now or running back needy per se. But I do unfortunately have Jared Dokes not making the final 53. You know, I, I wanted to be patient for Jared Dokes. However, you know, he, he's very young. He's only been in the league for a year. He's 24 years old out of Cincinnati. I, he just doesn't pass the eye test for me. I've seen him a couple times in preseason. Limited times in the year last year. I think he had a couple carries here or there, but nothing major. And I just don't, I don't really see it with Jared Dokes. It, I mean, it could just be his limited opportunity. I think we'll get a better feel for the next couple of games. He's not going to be on the 53, though. Our running back room is too loaded. Hopefully, and I think that the Dolphins will like to have him on the practice squad. Could potentially be sniped from somebody else, though. So, so far, John Levitt, Jared Dokes is my first two. Did you see if uh, John Levitt played? It doesn't look like he did. I don't believe he did. That's not a good sign. Uh, the next one... Or it could be a really good sign, because Tua didn't play. <laughs> well, well, he's not Tua. <laughs> uh, Tino Ellis. Yeah. Okay, that guy was barbecue chicken all night last night. He looked horrible. He did nothing good. And I think the whole Dolphins fan base absolutely hates this guy now after his lousy experience, his lousy showing showcase in his very first preseason game for Miami. I do not have Tino Ellis making the team. He is young. He'll have plenty of opportunities elsewhere, but not on the Miami Dolphins. That's three. Three. The next one is obviously going to come from our loaded wide receiver, our wide receiver room. Actually, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm actually going to go to another cut that maybe some may not agree with, but I'm, I'm just not seeing it. And that's Sony Michelle. I'm going to go there. I don't think Sony Michelle makes a final 53. That's a take. That's a hot take. Because Sony Michelle is brought in as a veteran, and he very well may be that. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He's got a Super Bowl ring, but so did the... Did you ever find out (laughs) the running back we had last year from the Rams? Oh, no. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go. Look, just because someone is good in short order situation doesn't doesn't mean that he is all the time. Look, Sony Michelle, he's, he's old. I don't think he makes this team with... Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds and Miles Gaskin. If anything, Miles Gaskin has to be the third. I, I would, as, as a coach, I would take Miles Gaskin over Sony Michelle. The only reason why Michelle could possibly keep his job is because he's a bruiser and he can kind of leak out the back and be a sneaky good, you know, receiving, receiving back as well. But I do Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown. That's what it was. Malcolm and that Brown. guy didn't do anything for us last year. So no, you know, Malcolm Brown was a, was a short yardage expert. Did he do that in Miami? He didn't. No. Not at all. He didn't do anything for us. So I don't look, Sony Michelle was playing in the very first preseason game. And for Sony Michelle being a veteran, that is a bad sign. That's a bad sign for yes. an old player. That is a, it's a horrible sign. And that could mean that they're either putting him out there to trade him away or they're, realistically putting him out there to say, hey, can this guy even run anymore? And is he worth a, wa- a roster spot? I, I don't personally think that he is. We'll see. Hot take. 
and it's early on, but hey, might as well start with the hot takes first, right? Yeah. All right, that's four. four. And my my last one. One more. <laughs> one, one more. Uh, we're we're gonna go straight to the receiver the receiver room here. Um, I mean, we, we just have we just have too many guys back there. This gentleman is twenty six years old, uh, in his second year. Went to William and Mary College, 5'10, 203, small guy, Devontae Dedman. I think he's gonna be a great practice candidate, not gonna make the 53. I believe he will be cut sooner than later. The only reason why we wouldn't cut him is if we need receivers to play in these next two preseason games, you know? So he may he may get to hang around for a little bit longer. Um, but I do see Dedman uh eventually probably going to the practice squad. I know that he's had some flashes, but man, there's not much room on this receiving this receiving corpse for for the dolphins and that's all considering miami doesn't trade away our our favorite receiver this preseason so far in lbj not lennon b johnson but sure Bowden jr um we will continue to to eye on that uh and i'll even throw a six one Preston williams he's not going to be on this team we'll trade him hopefully yeah um there he, he was listed as a third string receiver for the depth chart for week one and up again, not a good thing. They're trying to uh, raise his stock price in the league and try to mm-hmm. create some attraction to Preston Williams. But let's be real. This guy wants out. He's going to get what he wants. And I wish him the best. Um, unfortunately, his time in yeah. Miami has come to a, to an end. So gave you a little bonus one, gave you six there. Crispy. I agree. I agree. I was going to do the same thing. I have Preston Williams listed as a trade, which is technically a lost roster spot. But I wasn't sure whether that would happen this week. I know for a fact it'll happen before the end of preseason, before season regular season game one. Right, he will not be on our roster. Whether that's cutting him or trading him, he will not be here. But I didn't want to to list him as a cut this week. I'm going to start my roster cuts with the guy that I think is the worst on the team right now. Uh, I saw his name a lot in some horrible situations in our first preseason game. I don't know how familiar this name is going to sound to you. I accidentally called him Moss quite a few times. Um, oh, God, I can't even find him on the list now. His last name is Ross. Ross, D'Angelo Ross. D'Angelo Ross. There he is. 26-year-old cornerback. He's making $825,000. Can't make a tackle. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I had a a very bad moment just now as a Dolphins expert. All that stuff I said about Tino Ellis, I meant about D'Angelo Ross. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know... (laughs) Sometimes you hit bumps in these preseason analysis moments. You know what I mean? Do we even see Tino Ellis? Dude, uh, hey, I don't think okay, we I did. Like to, uh, I'm sorry, Crispy, not to... I might have. We might have seen him on a couple of snaps, <laughs> but I didn't think he did that bad. I was a little not confused, Not to step into your but, five cuts. I like to uh, already... In, yeah, I, 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 okay, let's take a moment. I like to issue a, a public apology to Tino Ellis out of Maryland. <laughs> I'm sorry. I put slander on your name that you did not deserve, sir. I take back everything I said. And I will take all those quotes and I will move it directly to D'Angelo Ross. Bro, 
get your shit together. Is who I was wow. trying to that say. Was, that was an interesting uh, first preseason <laughs> game from you, buddy. I, I seriously think you're going to be the first roster cut. Oh. D'Angelo Ross, was so bad. that was a very bad performance from you in your first preseason game. That's, that's the, the guy who the Dolphins fan base does not like anymore. Not, not <clears throat> Tino, I'm yeah. sorry. That guy was bad. Bad, bad. And that's not to say he's, he doesn't have the talent. Got, to be able to make a roster in the NFL at any point, you have to have some great, great intelligence, athleticism, you just have to be a great all-round player at your position to even scratch a roster. But with that being said, compared to the rest of the league, this is not where you fit. I'm sorry. You're getting cut. To piggyback off of you, Jared Dokes. Ah. He, he's a, a low... Low draft pick. I think he was picked. Was it was the last year? I think it was last year. Two years ago. Was it two mm-hmm. years ago? Really? Yeah, I'll confirm. Man, I I thought I remembered uh, Big E going up as fan of the year and reading his his draft card. Oh, you're right. Two four two forty four overall seventh round pick in the twenty twenty one draft. Yeah. So, I think he 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 has the talent to be a good running back, a good backup running back in this league. Um, but with how loaded our running back room is, there's not a lot of room. And somebody that's average or a good backup just doesn't fit on our roster with guys like Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert and Savon Ahmed even. Would have liked to keep lining up in this, Patrick, this back. Uh, sorry to cut you off. Patrick Laird, I would like to have keep kept him over... Uh, Patrick Laird just went to another yes. team. He just got signed by the Bucks. It was the Buccaneers. Yeah. He just got okay. yeah. He just got signed by the Bucks. Signed by the Bucks. Yeah, they're the Buccaneers running back for most of last night. Uh, Giovanni Bernard or no, Kenjin Barner. That's who it was. Kenjin Barner got injured, uh, and I believe they put him on IR and replaced him with Patrick Laird. Mm-hmm. So congratulations, Patrick Laird, on the the next opportunity. To make a roster. <clears throat> so that's one. That's one roster two. cut. Is that two? Yes. Yeah. Don't forget about. Oh shit! You're right. That is two. <laughs> D'Angelo, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Ross. Ross. Yeah. Not yeah, yeah. Tino Ellis. Yeah. I apologize, Tino. Right. D'Angelo Ross, or T- Tino Ross. <laughs> Since you want to get them mixed up. Um. Moving into my third roster cut, I'm going to hit up offensive tackle, 24 years old, Larnell Coleman. Oh, gosh. I, I, mm. Larnell Coleman, we saw some questionable moments last night. I think we had some hope for him as I don't, I believe he was a seventh round pick two years ago. Um, I had some hope for him when he finally got promoted up to the active roster. I think he had one game last season that he started. And he actually looked decent. But going against that that Bucks offensive line last night, or sorry, Saturday night, that was not a pleasurable experience. 
uh, one of one of Skyler's sacks came specifically from Larnell Coleman not holding a block on a defensive end while Skyler tried to step up in the pocket and eventually run. And uh, Larnell just kind of whiffed on the ta- on the on the block there and you know, God forbid that was Tua in a live bullet situation. You know, that 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 could very well set the team back in what could have been a game winning drive. So I think that's going to be my third roster cut out of five. Larnell Coleman, tackle. Sorry, bud. Uh, looking back through the uh, the rest of this list, things start to get a little interesting, right? We're very much so stacked in the cornerback room, as we have eleven corners on our roster. <clears throat> we're also stacked at wide receiver with 11. We're also stacked at running back with eight. Some big spots there that are going to take some hefty cuts here. Um, I've named off three, correct? That's correct. Okay, so I got I to gotta pick two more. Two more. I think I'm going to make it a... Oh, man. Starting to get a little hard here. Yeah, that's why I went more just kind of hot takes with my cuts. I think I'll pick a corner. Cornerback, age 27, Quincy Wilson. I don't think we saw very much of him Mm-mm. in this preseason game. Probably see him in... Yeah, it's, I will say, if they didn't play the very first week, they'll probably still on the, be on the team for, for the next two games, typically, just because... If they didn't play at all, that's not necessarily a bad thing. They they could be getting their moment in a future game. I could see so. that. Um, looking back at the stats last uh, for Sunday or Saturday night, Saturday, Saturday afternoon, really, depending on where you're from, there were some uh, some questionable things that we saw from. Guy named River Craycraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like it. River Craycraft. He got targeted twice on the night. Didn't haul in either opportunity. I heard some good things out of camp, but I think he was mainly brought in for training camp to be a more veteran presence and a guy that has experience in this Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan system. And with that being said, I think he might have shed as much light on the playbook and as much experience as he can. Um, I think that's it's going to be time for him to go. <clears throat> Starting to cut down our, our loaded wide receiver core, I think River Craycraft goes. So looking back at this, we've got, <clears throat> I think, D'Angelo Ross is our first cut. We'll get rid of Larnell Coleman. We'll get rid of Jared Dokes. Uh, We'll get rid of Quincy Wilson. And I think we'll get rid of River Craycraft. That's five, right? That's five. That's five. That's five. Man. Imagine actually... Preston Williams. Imagine actually being a head coach in this league where you have to tell these kids, like, you know, they're cut and whatnot. Man, yeah. it's, 
it's a very it's a very tough time in the NFL these next couple weeks. But a lot of these young guys, if they're if they're super young, they'll they'll likely end up on the practice squad. So yeah, yeah. Like I honestly, I think Jared Dokes will end up on the practice squad. Yeah, I think him alongside uh, Zaquandre White. Yeah, they'll both be practice squad. I think candidates. those two will end up practice squad. I don't think Jared Dokes will end up protected. I do think uh, Zaquandre White will be protected. Yep. It also, uh, I've seen it quite a bit, kind of going through Twitter and everything in general is people are looking at Skylar Thompson, trying to just kind of. Uh, thrusts him into being the second string quarterback. I believe it yeah. was said that Teddy had some back tightness during the week. Yes. McDaniels yes. elected to get Skylar Thompson some extra practice time, which led to him also taking on the full game. Keep in mind, guys, is that Skylar Thompson is protected, so he can't go anywhere, which means that more than likely a 99% chance going into this year that Teddy will still be the backup and Skyler will be a practice squad quarterback, at least for the time being. Especially with how much money Teddy's yeah. making. Yeah, unless unless we found a trade partner for Teddy Bridgewater, a, a right. QB needy team needed somebody. Which is very it, possible. It is, it can happen, and we do have... We, we've seen Zach Wilson go yeah. down with a scary injury. Yeah. I, but good good news is he's only out two to four weeks, so... Right. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll happen. It'll, it'll be interesting how it pans out, but I can assure you, for those wondering, going into the year, it'll be Tua and Teddy with Skyler being the practice squad quarterback. As we know, the Dolphins haven't brought three quarterbacks into a roster in a pretty long time. I don't think McDaniels will do anything different. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's just something I'll kind of look for, but no, Skyler will not be the second string quarterback. I can tell you that right now. Teddy's here to stay, at least for now, unless we find a trade partner for him in the future. No, I agree. I agree 100%. So with that being said, I think we're uh, coming up on the end of episode one here. But I do want to lay something on you. I do want you to kind of give me an off-the-dome answer here. All right. All right. You may not be prepared for this. I don't think you are. Probably not. Who is going to be statistically the best quarterback in the league this year. Best quarterback statistically league-wide. League-wide. I can even make it easier for you if you'd like. Pick one from the AFC and one from the NFC. Mm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that I'll even need to do that. I can give you my take for the best quarterback league-wide, at least in my Let's opinion. Um, if I had to give you one for the NFC, I would definitely go Aaron Rodgers for the NFC. If I had, but I, but I, what I'm, who I'm taking for the whole year, and I, I hope I'm wrong because I really don't want to see it. But man, I, I, it just all points the same direction for me, and nothing's changed on the offense. It's hard not to say Josh Allen, and it, it pains me but the guy can play. He's hit his, he's hit an absolute stride last year. He arguably is one of the most gifted quarterbacks 
athletic ability, raw athletic ability, hurtling over people, trucking people, slinging the ball 50, 60, 70 yards like it's nothing. This guy is an absolute beast of a quarterback. He has Stephon Diggs over there still, same offense. Um, he does have a new offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, who, remember, was a candidate for our coaching position. Uh, actually, Brian Dable went to the Giants. He's oh, he's the head coach. coach. He was. Brian Dable was the head the. He was that's the right, offensive that's coordinator. That's right. And then he would. Now the, they have Ken Dorsey. That's right. So I apologize. So Brian Dable was their offensive coordinator, and they are going to the yes. new uh, offensive coordinator in, in Dorsey. So different system over there. I think you're still going to get the same quarterback in Josh Allen. I think that he leads the way. I'm going to go ahead and say not Patrick Mahomes only because <laughs> he lost Tyreek Hill. He, he lost Tyreek, <laughs> yeah. And look, I don't care what. That's not to say he's he's not going to be. Good. I'm not. He's not I'm not saying great. he's not going to be good. But what I'm saying is, when you lose Tyree Kill, you lose a arguably one of the best receivers in football. However, you want to spin it, it doesn't matter. You're you're losing a huge player, and that will take away some of what Mahomes does. Instead of throwing a hill, you're throwing to MVS, Valdez Scantling, or. Uh, you yeah. know, you know, those guys are, or Juju, Juju. Yeah, you're, 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 yeah. your, your weapons have completely changed. And so Juju and MVS, those are your top yeah. two. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go Josh Allen. I hope I'm wrong, but man, it's hard to not realistically say his name. when You're talking like top quarterback of the league right now. All right. You heard it here for, you heard it here first folks. I'm going to try that yeah. again. <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, folks. Let's hope it's not true, but I'm going to thank you guys for tuning in to episode one of Dolphins Now, presented by VSG. Make sure to check them out. We've got merch. They've got a website out. Just go to Google, type in VSG, and I guarantee you'll find it. Thanks for joining us for our chat over preseason week one. And I hope you'll join us for preseason game two going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll be doing this podcast every Monday following our Sunday games. For our rare occasion Monday night games, we'll put this out on Tuesdays. This has been Crispy Audio and Garrido. Till next week, fins up. Fins up, baby. <laughs>